Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? We are continuing our WandaVision discussions with episode 7, entitled... uh, Something entitled something to do with breaking the fourth wall. Maybe just called breaking the fourth yeah, wall. Yeah, I think it is breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> I think it's the name of it. Uh, but before that, we have some very, very important news. This is going to be <laughs> shocking to all of you. And that is that Danny Elfman confirms he's scoring Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Wait, what? I, did, I didn't, hadn't heard that. That's amazing. Oh my gosh, what great news. I don't, I don't want you to think we... <laughs> We dislike Danny Elfman. No, we do like Danny Elfman. It's just there's some complaints we have about like the the twenty four the the constant pop culture news cycle. Like exactly. That's that pop culture. But we do actually have something cool and interesting to talk about, which is the what? trailer. Wait, I wanted to say something about the fandom and the news. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> dude, you have much stronger opinions on this than I do. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm tempering them perhaps, but it's just um, I don't know. It just feels. This 24-hour news cycle we have, like in politics, we also have in the entertainment industry, almost even more so, because we have these rabid fandoms. We're not quite rabid, uh, the owls, but we're fans, and we're also fans of Doctor Who, and it seems like across my social media feed, about every third day is some semi-news article about one of these fandoms, but when you read them, they're usually actually not even news. This one, at least, announcing that Danny Elfman is conducting, or not conducting, I guess writing the score for the movie is, is actual news, but it just seems, I don't know. I have no idea. It just, I don't Remember know. in January when like Jodie Whittaker was quitting Doctor Who? I mean, oh, I, ne- right. I never, I never believed those articles, but like that's just that's just. I feel like Doctor Who may be the worst fandom of the ones that we are actively Star Wars. involved. in. Star Wars is, the is worst. Star Wars worse. Star Wars is a hundred percent the worst, <laughs> right. simply because it's more popular. Like I think uh, Doctor Who takes a lot from the Star Wars fan base. I mean, it's sure it's the same kind of toxic sci-fi fans that are in both of them. So let's stop feeding. The trolls, the toxic, and let's stop. Uh, let's stop feeding the nice people too. Like, let's. We don't have to. There doesn't have to be a new news story about any of this stuff every single day. There just doesn't. <laughs> Back in my day. But tell me about some news that is news we can use, Hank Owl. News we can use. Um, we got a trailer. The second trailer, but the second trailer. The first trailer was DC Fandom, but really, the first real. A trailer. How about that? A trailer is the word we're going to use for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And now that I think about it, that was a week ago when we're recording this. We kind of only record podcasts on the weekend. So it's new news to us. That's right. And it might be to you as well. What did you think? We live in a society. (laughs) That's what I thought. That's That's my thought about it. So Everything else was fine. We live in a society was the best moment ever. So explain the we live in a society thing for this world. I think it's like, I'm not even sure. I think it's like an ironic meme kind of making fun of like gamers. Like we live in a society where like Chad can take Veronica away from us as gamer incels. Oh, yay. Yay. Kind of like the worshipping of like, kind of like the incel worshipping of, uh, Rorschach and V and Brad Pitt's character in Fight Club. 
There's mm. also major incel worshiping of Joker. Okay, and so this is a this is a nod. This is a little fan service to that, right? Yeah, I imagine it would be. Yeah, Zack Snyder, or I guess it's uh, it's not Zack Snyder writing the screenplay. Chris Terrio writing the screenplay. So his little little nod in there just for the for the fans, so we can laugh at that. Did uh, did Reddit go crazy about this? Yes. <laughs> In a positive way or a negative way? In a, in a positive way. Okay. In a celebration of the kind of like the stupidity of it all. <laughs> and who said this uh, key line? In the Jared trailer? Leto's Joker. And did he look as silly as he did in <laughs> the previous Justice, or Justice League? Was Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, thank you. Well, was the movie. He does not look as ridiculous, I think, or a different kind of ridiculous. Why does What looks ridiculous about it? He kind of looks like Keith Ledger's thing with the kind of makeup similar to that I thought it looked like to me I don't think it looked as good as Heath Letters I, I think it look, it's kind of it looked weird to me with like the all white and it's kind of like the the red makeup on the lips like it's all like smudged around the lips I was not a fan of that no I like that but overall I mean it, I don't I don't even know what it's about it but like it it made me feel weird looking at it okay but he does not have the damaged face tattoo. Yeah, that the previous look was rough. Like I didn't enjoy that at all. No, uh, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed this. Uh, does this mean that the Joker will be an active part of this uh, narrative? No. What does it mean? It means he's going to get like a ten. I think it's like it's going to get maybe a couple scenes during like the the nightmare dream sequence. Okay. Kind of that we saw in BVS. I think there's a, a a good amount of that happening. Like I think Deathstroke's also going to appear during that sequence. Okay. But I don't think it'll be a major part of the plot of the movie. I think that's just another like. Who's habit. playing Deathstroke? Didn't we just hear something about this interesting? I'm not sure if we talked about this off air. I thought I heard something interesting. I think that. we did talk about this off air, but this has been known. I mean, Deathstroke was in the first Justice League. Oh, I thought there was something. Anybody interesting we like playing him? Not that I remember. Yeah, <laughs> like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. All right, I will save it. I will look it up off air on another podcast. We'll bring it back up if it needs to be brought back up. But overall, the trailer, I mean, it looks it looks cool. Like, it does. I know it just looks cool. I don't know like how much I'm gonna like the the story of it or the the script of it, but like it certainly looks much better than the original Justice League did. I was going to ask that because it looks good to me, but I remember, actually I don't remember, that's why I'm asking. When the original Justice League trailer came out, didn't we, wasn't that exciting too? Like, didn't we like that? And the movie just didn't live up. Or was there, or for there was a trailer like giving warning signs from the, the beginning? I don't even remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I have, I have no idea whether we reacted this a similar way to the original Justice League though, trailer. Anyways. We are. Yeah, yeah, you know, we got like getting excited for fun stuff. So, yeah. I doubt we would have been warned off. Dark Side looks so cool. And he looks pretty pretty Thanos-like, right? You know? I mean, they're similar characters. That, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah, Dark Side did look cool. But I kind of wish, one thing I did notice while watching it, again... And again and again and again before we recorded this podcast <laughs> was that like the cuts were so quick. I wish that kind of wasn't like that. I know we get to see a lot from it. 
And like, I guess they're like less worried about giving things away because like, it's a different cut of a movie we've already like seen. So like, we know how it ends. But so like, I kind of like, I'm excited that they're showing a lot of it, but I kind of wish they maybe focused on smaller sections of the movie and gave us like longer shots. Are there any characters you think we're going to see more of or that you would want to see more of? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I think they're having more of him. Deathstroke, they're having more of him. Joker wasn't in the other one at all, so they're obviously having more of him. I'm 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 excited to see more of Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I don't think I was the biggest fan of his right after BVS came out, Batman v Superman. Um, I think because like catching it on cable, I've become more of a fan. Oh, that's cool. That's a good sign. I, I, I think I was always thought it was pretty good. Uh, his portrayal and what they did with him, I think. Yes. Yeah, 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 How did yeah. you feel about the lack of hallelujah? Yeah, I think that was good. Oh, yeah. I don't definitely. ever need to hear that song in a movie again. I think you will in this movie, though. <laughs> I bet you're right. Uh, that, I think Zack Snyder likes that song. He played Everybody it. likes that. I mean, the song's fine, actually. It's a good song. I like the song. Everybody likes the song. There's nobody's like, I hate that song. But it's been overused in the visual media. The mainstream visual media. The, the media. <laughs> the media. The media. What else are we talking about? Well, hold on. Uh, oh, we should sorry. probably say when this movie comes out, that is March 18th, which is right around the corner. And that kind of makes me really excited for it, that we're getting it soon. Me too. And it also, that March 18th is almost our one-year anniversary of kind of being under COVID, quarantine kind of stuff for us, for, as a family. The 17th or 16th is kind of what it actually was. But, so it's kind of nice to have something to look forward to and be excited about on an anniversary of that is kind of blah. Yes. And also just for other people, I know COVID was a deal before we started quarantining. We weren't going around coughing on people. Yeah, no, but then. that's right, That was the begin of like us really hunkering down and not leaving the house. Yeah, you, I think school stopped for you that Friday or Thursday before. You had a vacation thing. And then the weekend, we didn't do much. We kind of barricaded things. But like, I remember having really wanting to go to an Irish bar for St. Patrick's Day and then not doing it. So that's I think that's what I'm that's what I'm referring to. I think I was I was just going to get us like to go food from like the Marley House or something like that, and then we just said that's not even a good idea. So that's kind of in my head is the uh, our anniversary. But again, yes, lots of people were doing it earlier. Certainly, lots of people in other parts of the world were doing it a lot earlier. Yes. So at any rate, what else? Anything more to say? Uh, it's going to be four hours long. And explain the format. What I think it's going to be is it's going to be put in four-hour-long segments. Kind of like, you know, when The Irishman came out and everyone was like, The Irishman's so long! So, like, people came up with, like, episode formats of it. Right, places to stop it, which you needed a break. I mean, like, I don't know if they call it episodes, but, like, the intermissions. Yes. Because long movies used to have intermissions. So they are, they're just, Warner Brothers is... Doing that for you. Building it in. Yeah. That's cool. I think we're going to watch it all at once. I would hope so. Yeah, because I think it is like a a movie. I think it's how it's intended to be viewed. Yeah. I like that idea. Yes. Cool. So overall, I'd say we're excited for the movie. Yeah, I it really the is around the corner. 
I really, yeah, it is. The trailer wasn't that great, but it still gets me excited, and I guess that's the uh, that's the point of the trailer. I guess so. So it it, it uh, does its purpose. <laughs> so we're definitely going to rewatch Justice League, however, right? Yes. Before that, so we need to plan that and figure that out. Yes. Cool. I'm excited. I'm really excited, actually. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right, Batman? <laughs> All right, let's get. Do you want to know my secret identity? <laughs> let's uh, let's get into WandaVision. Spoilers. WandaVision. Spoilers. We will be talking about the contents of what happened during the episode. So if you have not seen the episode, don't listen to the podcast and go watch the episode. That's right. Make sure you have an hour's worth of time for that. Oh, yep, because it is an hour long, like we said in the last podcast. It definitely wasn't a standard, like, 37 minutes. Definitely wasn't misleading and getting our hopes up what you said in the last podcast. Yeah, I kind of, uh, yes, that was that was my fault. Although, to be fair to you, you were not the only one fooled. Good, I think. <laughs> I think it was whatever news source published that. It was probably one of those kind of silly little fluff in not true articles that we were just talking about in the beginning. Like it was one of those, like somebody needed to, you know, post something for, uh, for clicks and content, you know, and they were wrong. And we all suffered. We all suffered. It was the worst <laughs> thing to ever be done. And I'm feeling pretty depressed about that. I could use some Nexus. That's right. a joke. Yes. The episode was, Breaking the Fourth Wall was directed by Matt Shackman, who I believe is the series director for all of this. We've mentioned that every single episode. It's written by... What are you... I just, I just think that's funny. <laughs> it's written by Cameron Squires. The show was created by Jack Schaefer. The character of Wanda Maximoff was created by Jack Kirby and Stanley. And the character of Vision was created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. There's several staff writers and story editors giving credits during the show. We will not be listing all of them except for Bobak S. Farjani because he has a cool name. He's an executive story editor. Dig his name. What do you think of the episode? So, I mean, overall, I got to say that I liked the episode, but I will also say that it was my least favorite episode so far. And that really mainly pertains to the first half of it and the the homage or parody that they were doing of the sitcom this time. So they were doing Breaking the Fourth Wall. That's pretty clear. They're doing the mockumentary style homages like for The Office, Parks and Rec, Modern Family. Uh, they definitely uh, used a lot. In particular, uh, Julie Bowen's character in Modern Family, like the mom. And I thought that Elizabeth Olsen was amazing in that in capturing the quirks that Julie Bowen uses and does and the tone was right. Like, it was filmed correctly. It was all, like, really good. But it wasn't funny. And the other ones, it seemed to me, had both, like, were spot on with the parody or the homage, but were also just good in of themselves and funny. Speak, speaking and on this that, one wasn't speaking on that like what you're saying like a pre previous like the television parodies they've been doing like i've definitely thought like oh yeah this feels like full house this feels like all in the family or whatever 
I don't even know. That may have not even been a name of a sitcom. Right, but anyway. But like when watching this, like I wasn't like, oh yeah, this is like this is Modern Family. Or like this. I mean, is I the was office. when she was on there because she was dressed like her, her hair was like hers. Like that definitely felt like Modern Family to me. I, I did not think that while watching it. Now some people would say, <laughs> I would say this <laughs> only if I was being jerky. That because it wasn't funny, it felt really a lot like Modern Family. Oh. <laughs> Buzz, boop. Um, but Modern Family actually used to be a really, really funny show. The first season was amazing. Second season might have been, too. I don't know. I think I tuned, started tuning out then. And it may, but the rest of them, it's just not funny anymore. It may also affect your enjoyment of the parody. That like, I don't think you even like The Office, either. Like, you're not a fan. I am not a fan, but for different reasons. Because the office I see is funny, but I just is so they're just in, put in such awkward positions. It's so cringy. I am uncomfortable. I want to go run behind the couch and not look. With Modern Family, I just think it's ridiculous most of the time. Now, again, these are the late seasons, and I'm not watching them anymore. I'll catch them a little bit because uh, your mom enjoys it. But so I, I could be just wrong. You know, this is just my opinion, but. Uh, well, I think it ended a couple of years ago, I think. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> the one I saw last night was awful. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I think it started strong and kind of went downhill. But I could be wrong with that at any rate. So this episode was like, there's so much cool stuff that we're going to get to later in the episode. But the beginning of it, which I've, I'm really enjoying these homages they're doing with the sitcoms. And I was expecting... Because I kind of had it spoiled for me. There was the photo leaked of, you know, Elizabeth Olsen. I don't know if it was leaked. It's probably just another news thing. Uh, but her clearly looking like, you know, Modern Family. And so I was excited about that. Because, again, the Modern Family started off really great. So, anyways, it did not live up to my expectations for the parody stuff. Now, later on, the stuff that happened, I really enjoyed. But that, how, about you? how about you? I would also agree with you in saying this is my least favorite episode so far. I kind of, for the same reason, sitcom stuff seems funny. And I also kind of realized when watching maybe uh, the scene where Monica is like running into the void thing. Oh, yeah. Well, with the, when the thing stops first or right after that? Yeah, it's like as cool as that is. Like, I don't think I really have an emotional connection to that character. And honestly, I don't think I really have too much of an emo- I don't either. Emotional connection to anyone besides Wanda and Vision, mainly Wanda. Yeah. Including the kids. I don't care anything about those kids. Yeah, yeah. it's it's Wanda. I it's it's Wanda and Vision and maybe even Vision more than Wanda since he is the true, you know, innocent in all of this. But no, um Monica Rambeau, I no, don't care about it. The FBI agent who works with her. Like, I don't really care about him either. Yeah, like that, that doesn't mean, like, I like the characters, but I do not feel for the characters. Right. You weren't worried about what would happen to her. No. What did happen to her, though? Because that was kind of a cool thing after she comes through the thing. I don't know if you want to get to that now or not, but... Uh, no, we can. But I think... I was going to say some of the stuff I did enjoy about this episode. Oh, yeah, go for it. I was that actually, I think some of this was pretty funny. Some of the parody. Um... When, like, Vision is, like, sitting and, like, doing his, whatever it's called, when he's talking to the camera, there's a word for that. No, there is a word for that, but, yeah, they know what we're talking about. Like, outside of the scene where they're just talking to the camera, like the mockumentary, talking to the mockumentary people. Talking head. 
Okay, cool. Doing a stalking head thing. I don't know if that's the right word. Let's just go with that because people know what that means. Um, or he's like, wait, why am I doing this? <laughs> exactly. Like, I thought that was pretty funny. And I also kind of liked, like, depressed Wanda. He's like, I know nothing. Zip. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Uh, I thought it was good, maybe just not funny, but like, yeah, like I have no answers. Like she's she's rough, and you were wondering in the last podcast episode, would we see all the cracks coming and all the crack, lots of cracks? Oh yeah, several cracks. Those were cool. Yeah, things were changing, and of course we may we find may find out that that's not just Wanda, but that's probably part of it. Yes. Well, that's kind of like? mainly the stuff I like besides like the normal like stuff I like in every episode. Okay. Of one of WandaVision. So we did not get a lot of uh well somebody I know you don't really like is the the director of Sword and we did not get a lot of that but what we did get was setting up the last two episodes, I presume. Yes. That they have an attack that's going to happen that day, right? Yes. I wonder what kind of attack it's going to be. I know. Uh, a secret intelligence gun related attack. <laughs> well, I do. I wonder if they're trying to infiltrate. I mean, how they will? How will they infiltrate? I presume they'll inf- infiltrate. Then, then get that. Get some more of those trucks that, didn't that work. Monica yeah. used. Yeah, I guess that. I guess, yeah, you're right. That didn't actually work. I liked how it, the front part of it turned into a Datsun truck. Wasn't it a Datsun? It's definitely it like a, a truck. I just thought it was like a pickup truck. Yeah, I think it was a. Yeah, I took it as a Datsun pickup truck. I don't know why. I don't even know what a Datsun pickup truck is. Oh my gosh, you don't. So Datsun was a big Japanese car company, and then when I was a child, I'm going to say lower school, maybe middle school. Then they changed their name, or maybe they just they changed the name to Nissan. So Datsun is Nissan. Oh. Like the Datsun 280Z was a big, cool sports car back in the day when I was growing up as a kid. And then they changed to Nissan. My guess is the parent company was always called Nissan or something like that. Anyways. Keep going. I think think I was about at the end of my my thing. Uh, I guess we're kind of getting into like more kind of where we analyze little bits of the episode and talk about what could possibly happen next. Yeah, well, let's well, let's talk about Agatha, right? And let's talk about let's talk about Monica and Wanda's confrontation. Yes. So we see Wanda threatening Monica again. We see uh, Monica trying to use her words and talk her way out of it and kind of reach Wanda. And it looks like she's about to reach her a little bit, right? There's some like finally headway made there, and then Agatha comes by. I've lost like all sympathy for Wanda though during that scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. I don't. We're like, everyone wants to kill you. And I kind of agree. You're holding a bunch of people hostage, although it may not be you. It may be, and this is what we learned in this episode. But like, as far as they're aware, like, you're controlling all these people and you need to be stopped. And she's like the only one, like, rooting for you. And then you're just like, oh, no, I'm going to pick you up and throw you somewhere. Right. So I, I've lost all sympathy for you, Wanda. Therapy is an option. You don't have to, like, kidnap kids. <laughs> what did you think of when uh, Monica came through the thing and the, her visual and seeing... What was she seeing? She sees, like, different kind of types of, like, light waves or whatever. Like, the electromagnetic waves. Okay. 
So that's kind of what she's seeing then. She's like, I mean, it looks like she fully has her superpowers now. So could she could she defend herself against Wanda in a fight? I mean, we saw when like Wanda threw her down, like she like stopped herself on the ground, and there was like little blue under her feet that it showed. Right. So like, I think maybe she's. I think by the end of the show, we'll get like a show of force of her powers. Right. Against Agnes, battle, right? against Agnes or Wanda or, uh, or both, Director and Hayward. They switch on one kind of thing could be. Uh, well, that's pretty cool. But you predicted this. You said like she. You think this is how she that character is going to get their powers? Yes, because they've 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 talked about it before. Like her scan wouldn't come up. Like, and I don't know if like she had her powers beforehand and this just cemented her powers, or this is actually where she got her powers. Like it was clear like her DNA was changing, and that's where I got into my kind of like theory that this is the event that brings the mutant gene into the MCU. They're not they haven't really, you know, touched on that anymore. And it kind of makes me think that won't happen. But you know, it's still there and it's still cool that we get we get her powers at least. Yeah, what's her name in the comment? Like who is she Photon. Photon? Yes. All which right. is the if you remember, is like the army nickname of uh, her mom in Captain Marvel. Oh, I didn't that's cool. Nice. That's a good touch. Um, so we never got to see, or perhaps we did get to see the engineer that Monica was talking about her engineer friend. What do you, what do you, I was, I was, I was listening to a podcast about this episode and, um, like they were like, there was like, there's an audible, like air coming out of a balloon sound, <laughs> yeah. like when the random lady came on screen. Oh, it makes me think that that's not the engineer. Like yeah, they wouldn't so have either. like set that up two weeks in a row for it to be some random unnamed person. Right. Yeah, I hear that. So that, that's my thoughts too. It's still, are you still thinking that it's going to be, um, Jack Ryan, whatever his name. John, is. <laughs> John Krasinski. John Krasinski, who plays Jack Ryan, I guess, in that show. Um, and what? But what's the guy's name? Captain Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. Johnny Fantastic. <laughs> Something, Something <like> fantastic. <laughs> cool right. dude. Do you still think that's going to happen? I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, but I feel like I feel like it could. I feel like it's very much a, a possibility. Yeah, they got to end on something big, right? And that would be I mean there's going to have to be like an in credit scene. Like there's I mean we had one in this episode. Like um but there's probably going to be an even bigger one in the final episode. So and that what, may be it. There may be two. Like you know the movies have two. Yeah, well like so we had a mid credit scene, right? Yes. In this one. So they usually have a mid credit and an in credit. What did you think about what was in Agatha's house? In the basement. That was crazy. That was really cool. That was crazy. That was cool. There's, there's. I mean, I really don't know very much about the Agnes, Agatha, Agatha Harkness character. Like the interiors, cool. Like there was that book that was tied up with chains. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it looked like it was kind of like in the center. That's like an evil, like an altar kind of spell, kind of thing, spell book kind of thing. Yeah, but it was like bound. So either that's the thing that's keeping this illusion together or that's like something Agnes wants to open or Agatha, something Agatha wants to open. 
Oh, that's interesting. What uh, I, mean, I thought it looked really cool and deep and primordial, primordial, and you know, trees and darkness and you know, earth. I wonder how much she paid for the house that came with that basement. I I think she probably had to redo that herself. I don't think that was came like that. Took a lot of time too. Yeah, she should have done a man cave. Yeah, old <laughs> recliners, big old TV. Um, uh, I thought that's it was really, also really cool. one of the things I almost didn't like about this episode not the, the the design of the basement but kind of like the reveal of it was it was agatha all along so you like didn't I, like the song i do like actually no i do like the song it's just that like i was wondering from a from a general from like a we are kind of general audience we're not comic book readers we're a casual fan but like the the really general like i was wondering how mom felt Watching that, because like she, I don't think she wasn't aware of who that is in the comic right. books. Did so they like, earned that. Yes, because I kind of, I was kind of like getting the head of someone that knew absolutely nothing, and I'm kind of, I'm a person who knows very little to nothing. Um, well, I think I see you're in the middle. I mean, because you, you know, because we have the podcast, or maybe I think we'd do it anyways too. We read some articles, you know, about seeing what's going on, and you know. Uh, but I'm curious too. Like I'm not sure they earned that. And by earned, I guess I mean like, did they lay enough hints to where we see this turn of like, oh, that's surprising but inevitable. And I no, I do not think that is. Yeah, like I know, like there's the stuff with the. I guess we still have two episodes left for like the end game to become clear for her. So like maybe it doesn't have to be surprising but inevitable yet. Right. I wonder. I, mean, I, I bet. I wonder. I would be curious about the conversations they have when writing this show. Like, who they're, how are they, how are they balancing the show for the different audiences, for the people who are hardcore Marvel nerds, to the middle of the folks, which I think we are, to people brand new who are just like, oh, it's a new show and it's quarantine. Gosh, I need something to watch. You know, I wonder who the, who they're spending the bulk of the time servicing versus the other two you know i imagine they all have hall three in mind right they have to yeah so it seems to this show maybe comic book readers are maybe a little bit more of like a priority than others in the show because someone like the uh like the ad specifically the ad in this one like was just not a reference to anything previously in the mcu when just a reference to the comics the thing is with streaming services and the number of shows and the way uh, audiences are, you know, bifurcated now, like you really don't have to appeal to a general audience, you know, because you, you can you can target so well. I think so Marvel has to because Marvel's Marvel. Like you're gonna watch it even if you don't care. It feels like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, that's also something that I thought about when watching The Mandalorian season two. Like uh, with like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, like a lot of that is maybe Clone Wars or Rebels centric, like of those shows. And like that's not, I don't think like the casual Star Wars fan have watched those. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, but I think they did a good job then because we we've watched actually we watched some a little bit of Clone Wars and Rebels. We followed a list, you know, prepare right, get for, ready for pre- it. prepare for Mandalorian season two. But I think they did a good job of like you didn't have to have watched it to get it. Right. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing now with uh, 
just the way the media has changed. You know, that whole, there's that whole Kevin Kelly, you know, a thousand true fans that if you, let's say you're a musician or a band and you have, if you can get a thousand true fans who will buy everything you produce, you don't have to ever hit it big. Like you can make your living through your art servicing those 1000 fans. And that's on a much bigger scale. That's kind of where we are with like TV shows now too, I think. You know, again, everybody doesn't have to watch this WandaVision. If people aren't, you know, everybody's not watching WandaVision, right? But a lot of people are, and the people that like it, or people watching it are like it a lot. Uh, anyways, I don't know. I was just curious about that. And I think that'll, I think the further we go on with the media, if it stays this this kind of way, it's going to be more and more specifically targeted like that, which is not good or bad, but it's something to be aware of probably, right? New show to Netflix about a, 40 something dad and a teenage son recording a podcast <laughs> it writes itself <laughs> <laughs> exactly we have would have at least one viewer <laughs> two we have at least two viewers oh, true all right good point um possibly three if mom wants to that's true so what um what about the mid-credit scene what are your thoughts on that what what happened what happened there i mean that was kind of monica like seeing in the basement and then quicksilver being like hey i'm in this episode (laughs) so one thing i read said that this almost confirms that you know he's definitely not pietro oh i would you agree with that yes i I would say that's the case although we do see from like the ending that like it is agatha that brought him there yeah 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 so what does that mean to you? I got I done I think we kind of have to wait and see this, this wait and see to see uh Agatha's end game or kind of like what is uh Yeah, why is What she is doing the point this? of all this? Cuz it oh. seems like she's like uh I imagine she's the one airing it. Like I imagine she's getting the uh the sword people here. She wants to create this conflict probably to anger wanda that's why like she took the kids that's like so i i imagine her goal is to like put pit vision and sword and monica and quicksilver against wanda so that she goes crazy and that'll benefit her somehow and she can kind of scoot off with the kids while they're all fighting maybe yeah or that i think it's probably something more than that I think taking the kids is a part of like getting Wanda to go crazy. But yeah, but that's not an end in of itself, or is it? I guess I don't know. That would be a comic book reason. Why'd you do this? Like to make her crazy. Mm. And um, then like feed off her power or something to yeah, open that book. Could be. To do I mean, we really do just have to wait and see. We did learn something that we learned that Sword had a you know, a military program to try to weaponize vision. And we had not heard that before. Yes, I so imagine I imagine that was the case because that kind of fits with like the the Hayward character from what we see from from like that's that's what I imagine from like the first time like Hayward was like we're gonna have to stop these like superhuman people like at all costs like that was kind of my first thought like oh okay you want to take Vision and make a weapon okay like it wasn't exactly that but that seems like something right that fits it does fit it's not something I had thought of <laughs> I don't know why but I, I hadn't um. Yeah, so now we're talking about the episode a lot more. I, I, I think I liked it a lot more than I did. I guess I just wanted it to be funnier in the beginning. 
Yeah. Um, but I'm definitely excited. But there's a lot for of like, two. this is definitely, there's a lot of like uh, feed for thought and feed for theorizing. There's only two episodes. Like, it feels like a car that they're going to answer all of our questions. I was uh, scrolling social media while you were talking and not listening to you. But what I did see is the last two episodes are both three hours long each. <laughs> three hours <laughs> long each. So, yes, so we that's can trust exciting. that. <laughs> from, was it from comicbook.com? <laughs> From a trustworthy that news, legit source? news source. Uh, that may be a real news source, and I have no idea about its legitimacy. <laughs> it might be the source for comic book news. <laughs> um, well, cool. So I'm excited again. Um, I was a little disappointed last night, but I'm excited about it again now. Yes. Oh, um, the commercial. Oh yeah. I think Sorry. the commercial kind of brings this all together. I think because if you didn't, it's for an antidepressant called nexus so what, the, what nexus 2010s yes what the <laughs> nexus is in the comics is this gateway to like the multiverse so i kind of think of it i don't know if you even watched that season of the flash but in season two of the flash there's like breach points where, where, like you, where can, you can like wormholes to different dimensions or universes where vibe can like go like portal and then (laughs) go through um but it's kind of like that but like it's a gateway to all multiverses i think in the comics uh man thing marvel's version is that his official name (laughs) (laughs) i think so i think so i think man thing it may be something else all right but like marvel's version of swamp thing okay um if you don't know what Swamp Thing is, it's like a big monster-looking thing. Um, it's kind of like he is a nexus point, and possibly Wanda is also a nexus point, or this uh, Wanda world, or this uh, uh, Westview anomaly is possibly also a nexus point. Okay. So maybe like she's trying to like open the multiverse or use the multiverse to bring Evan Peters in here. Okay. And otherwise, I don't know. That's what I imagine would be like so why cool, she's doing this. That's a cool shout this. out then. That's that's some deep knowledge, right? And that also makes me think like non-comic book readers. Like I didn't know that while watching it until I like looked into it. Yeah, me neither. So like that is definitely like for people that know comic books. So we know, you know we know Nexus, we know Worlds, we know this ties in with Doctor Strange. Which also is probably, I mean, it's called Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Sponsored by Nexus. Of Madness, sponsored by Nexus. So there's, like, it's pro- it probably is, like, this multiversal thing. And I don't know that's, like, part of Agnes's evil plan. Yeah, I want to know what she wants. And we will. Soon. Yeah, very, very soon. Anything well, else we want to say about the episode? I guess it's just I hope they uh they hope they do a good job of uh kind of tying everything all together. I mean it looks like all our characters are heading to the same place. Do you think we're done with the uh sitcom parodies? Or the television kind of parodies? I think we are. I think we're staying in we're staying in the two thousands world. Uh it disappoints me. I, mean, what, I don't what, know what I would do. What would you what want? What did would what would you something want for twenty tens? Something amazing parody? that I can't think of that hopefully they have. You know, so I, I I hope we're not I hope we're not just the last two are just straight up, you know, 
don't know, action-packed episodes, but I would like still have to have the homage going on, if possible, if they can pull it off. I have thought zero about what it would be, however, so I got nothing to offer them. Yes, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hoping they do a good job of making the why of why Agnes is doing this, or why Agatha, of why Agatha is doing this, like, interesting. Like, I don't, I don't want it, like, to be like, like, you know, from the comics, he's evil. Yeah. Like, I want. Some good, I want some good explanation. Series reasons. Yes. I love that she killed the dog, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's like, and I killed the dog. But like, why? Like, how does that help her? I don't know. Good question. Good question. So, like, I imagine probably, because it does seem like we're all, we're gearing up for, like, a final showdown in these two episodes. Because everyone is heading, I mean, the people currently at Agatha's, like, Wanda and Agatha are in the basement. It looks like Quicksilver and Monica are about to go in the basement. Vision is heading to the house, and which will probably be like, where's Wanda? Let me go check Agatha's house, or Agnes's house, according to him. And then, I guess, uh, Kat Dennings is just stuck in traffic. Yeah, exactly. That was somewhat amusing, but not really amusing. No, it wasn't. Um, I imagine, uh, Jimmy Woo is going to go up against Hayward. So, I mean, it looks like we're gearing up for a, for a final showdown. But I hope during the final showdown they have time to uh, to make things emotionally interesting. Yeah, I bet they will. I bet they will. All right. Uh, what are you reading these days? I am still in between, jumping around between the uh, Kafka and other stories. Kafka and other stories. Metamorphosis and other stories from Franz Kafka and uh, the Roger Ebert book. All right, cool. I am still reading A Brief History of Seven Killings, and it's still good, but it, I've slowed down a little bit momentum-wise. I need to get back on it, reading a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's, that goes for both of us. Yeah. It might, it's, it's a big old thick book, too, so it's still going to it's gonna take a while, but I'm still enjoying it a lot and would still recommend all right, anything else we want to add? I don't know. We live in a society. What else, What more <laughs> can be said? I know like people that don't care are like, I, why are you? Why are you keeping this <laughs> yeah. up? It's not funny, but it's, it's awesome. It is. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, our episode eight recap. And... Um, Probably some more, uh, another podcast as well. Episode eight is seven hours long. (laughs) I just read about that. It's a great factual news article. Yes. Uh, Until we meet again, data dog ahoy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sergier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email. Twice a month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.